Well, I'm ex- I uh, <clears throat> struggled this week over what aspects to talk about today. The Holy Spirit. Um, on one hand, I think it's probably the most important thing we as Christians should be talking about because Jesus came and was resurrected and is sitting at the right hand of God and has given us the Holy Spirit to be with us every day as a helper, as a constant help, and with power to live a renewed life. And we often don't talk about the Holy Spirit very much. Um, I found out through just my research that I guess traditionally mm, a lot of Baptists, I don't don't know if it's most Baptists, this is historically a Baptist church, um, uh, believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit was for a specific time in the book of Acts with the birth of the church. And like the gift of tongues is no longer <clears throat> a, uh, a gift or, or a, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit today. Um, although some Baptist church do. So the Holy Spirit, we often, I don't know, sometimes we'll have a little banner and you'll have a little flame. <laughs> Just subtle references to the Holy Spirit. When we baptize people, we baptize what? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we're kind of exposed in name, but as far as teaching and and how we experience the Holy Spirit, um, I know, like I said, I haven't uh, been, I haven't gotten a whole lot of teaching on the Holy Spirit. So, I hope this enlightens us somehow. Um, you've heard of this term, right? The baptism of the Holy Spirit um, versus a water baptism. Certainly that's what we do traditionally in this church. Other denominations such as Pentecostalism, uh, Pentecostal churches emphasize a second baptism. If you've interfaced with any of your Christian friends, um, Sometimes they, they'll ask you, oh, you're Christian, that's awesome. And then they'll kind of go further and go, well, what kind of Christian are you? <laughs> right? And uh, there's, uh, there's this, I don't know, one-upmanship up, one or, or uh, who's with the right denomination. I, I know I experienced that when I grew up with some of my friends. Um, Baptists, we certainly emphasize full immersion. We've emphasized that versus sprinkling. Like I said, some Baptists are what are called cessationalists. That means the gifts, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in tongues has ceased. And some Baptists are continue, continuationists, believing that all the manifestations of the Holy Spirit are still valid today. Well, a couple things about the Holy Spirit in my research. It's important to realize that the Holy Spirit is not an it. It is not a force um, that's just out there, but in fact is equal with God. We believe in a trinity, right? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are separate, but yet they are all God. 
So the Holy Spirit is a person. He is God. He has an intellect, as uh, described in 1 Corinthians 2.10. The Holy Spirit has emotions in Ephesians 4.30. And he has a will that's described in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit can be grieved as well. The Holy Spirit was with our creation, is involved with the breath of life. He was there at our physical birth and our formation and our spiritual birth. So we discovered last time um, just some teachings about the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit can be with us. What's often described are the, these three uh, I think they're called participles. Um, I'm not very good with English, but with, in, and upon. Is that a part of participle? Help me out. With, in, and upon. Um, I think they're prepositions. Prepositions? All right. There we go. We got the writing, writing those terms. Prepositions. So, the Holy Spirit is described to be with us, or the Greek term is para, para, okay? Sometimes you've heard the word paraclete, the helper that comes alongside us. So from the moment our, at our birth, God has been with us. That is the manifestation of God, the Holy Spirit, with us at our physical formation and throughout our lives and prompting us um, to come to faith, okay? That's what, how the Holy Spirit comes with us. And then when we decide to make a decision for Christ, a commitment to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in us, comes in us, and will never leave us. Uh, we often, uh, and a visual uh, that is given in the Bible is when Jesus, God, Jesus God, Jesus, the God-man, was baptized, heaven opened, and God's spirit descended upon Jesus, the man, like a dove, right? That's an image of what happens to us as well at our baptism. And it gives us power to become all that God intended us to be. And this term of this baptism of the Holy Spirit that people talk about is when in the book of Acts at Pentecost, talks about when the Holy Spirit comes upon, or epi, upon us, to empower us for specific uh, moments when God can use us and manifest itself in us. And in the book of Acts, certainly in, in the, in, at the Pentecost, um, tongues of fire came on all the different Galileans, and they started speaking in the native tongues of all the people that were gathering at that time. So that's a little uh, review of how the Holy Spirit interacts with us. He's with us, in us, and can up come upon us. Now let's talk about baptism. What's the difference between water baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and sometimes the Bible will speak of being baptized with fire, okay? So the same term, but used in different ways, right? Baptism with water, water baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit, and baptism with fire. So we'll talk about this 
uh, the rest of our time. So in uh, the book of Acts 1, 4, and 5, I'll read along here for you. Um, Acts 1, 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father, the gift for the gift the father, my father promised, which you had heard me speak about. For John the Baptist, Baptist baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So here's this distinction that uh, the author Luke is uh, making. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So what is this? What is the difference here? So what is the baptism with water? Well, the Apostle Paul describes in Scripture that John's baptism was a baptism of repentance and anticipation of Jesus' coming, okay? It was a baptism of repentance and anticipation of Jesus' coming. So uh, John the Baptist was, you know, the, the guy in the wilderness, right? Um, he wore, I don't know, burlap clothes, skins of animals, ate locusts, <laughs> real uh, outdoors man. And he was preaching to the Jewish people uh, of baptism. Come and be baptized. Put your faith in the one who is to come. John was the herald, right? The one who is to come that I'm not worthy to tie, untie his sandals. So he encouraged people to put their faith in Jesus even before he came, right? So anticipation of that. So he baptized people to repent of their sins and in anticipation of the lamb who would take away the sins of the world. And uh, John's famous quote when he saw Jesus coming to be baptized by John the Baptist was, uh, look, behold, there is the lamb who will take away the sins of the world. So uh, later on, when Jesus, uh, after he was resurrected, gave the great commission, <clears throat> was to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So there's that term again. John had a water baptism of repentance and anticipation of Jesus. Jesus came and ministers, lived, died, and rose again. And the great commission to us was to baptize in the name, have people come to faith in Jesus in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it's kind of the same thing. I was reading some commentaries, and they were making <clears throat> quite significant distinctions that the baptism that we celebrate, the baptism that we undergo um, when we come to faith, is not John's baptism. But we are uh, uh, celebrating Christ's baptism. And certainly John's baptism, you know, he was baptizing people, but Jesus didn't come yet, right? So, but it's kind of all the same thing as I was studying it. it, it they're not two significant separate things. John was encouraging people to repent in anticipation and to have faith and belief in the prophesied Messiah. When Jesus came, 
the apostles were preaching, believe in the prophesied Messiah who rose again and repent of your sins. It's all kind of the same thing. So let's continue on here. Um, the, the resurrected Jesus and the, a promise of power. In verse 46, he told them, <clears throat> this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are a witness to these things, and I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. I think that last statement there in verse 49 is really the difference between John's baptism and after Christ uh, was ra- rose again from the dead and conquered the grave. Um, people were baptized in John's baptism, but the power, Jesus didn't show his power by conquering the grave and didn't give the Holy Spirit yet. And so after Christ came, um, the availability of the Holy Spirit is at hand. So all these different terms about defining what is baptism, water baptisms, John's baptism, Christ's baptism, the apostles' baptism, sprinkling, uh, you know, full immersion and whatnot. I think, I think we need to be reminded that it comes down to this. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward change, okay? There's nothing, nothing magical in whether you sprinkle as an infant, adult, full immersion, getting dunked in a pool or in the ocean, or in the Jordan River. It all comes down to what's inside the heart. What does it mean? What is a person doing it for? Recall that baptism is an outward expression of an inward change and decision. And if the inward change and decision isn't authentic, whether you've been baptized, dunked, or not, um... Just the act of baptism is not going to save us. I have been asked, I have, uh, like I said, performed many, many memorial services, and people in their testimony have uh, shared in confidence that they have been baptized in their history, and so therefore they think, uh, you know, They've got, a, they've got a golden ticket <laughs> you know, to heaven. Or um, some people maybe have not lived a religious life, but near their deathbed, they ask for baptism. Right? And I have baptized people that people couldn't even walk to the baptismal where we just had to sprinkle them because that's all we could do. Now, if their thought is, if I get baptized right before I die, <laughs> you know, I should be, I should be pure you know, before God. 
Um, but I have had both extremes. And then if you have had some Catholic friends, they will recall that, oh yeah, I was baptized as a baby. Okay, you know, so hopefully, keep your fingers crossed, you know, when we meet our maker, um, that will be valid. But it's important to remember that baptism by the Holy Spirit, baptism by water, is an outward expression of an inward change. And it is this, repentance for the forgiveness of sins, and by this, God gives us, clothes us with power from on high. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Then he says, wait until you have been clothed with power from on high. Baptism is repentance. There's kind of a formula. There's kind of a progression. Oh, that's the wrong slide here. Let's see. There's kind of a progression that repentance has to be part of the formula. You can't just get baptized and not repent. You can't just, you can't turn. <laughs> you can't just remain in your sin, remain in lifestyle, and be baptized. But one must be baptized, have faith in the forgiveness of sins in Jesus, and then is the promise of the Holy Spirit. So, what is water baptism? There's John's uh, baptism of faith and belief in the coming Messiah. The apostles' baptism, when they started spreading the word that Jesus is the risen Lord, that people believed, um, they believed, had the forgiveness of sins, and then the promise to wait for the Holy Spirit. So what is fire baptism? Baptism by fire. You've heard that in scripture, right? Usually it doesn't mean a very comfortable thing. <laughs> uh, as opposed to baptizing by the Holy Spirit, baptizing by, by water is a forgiveness of sins and repentance. But I, I kind of relate it to repentance. For those that fail to repent, I think God loves people so much. He wants to save people and purify people. Uh, God allows people to have a cleansing, a fire baptism through either the consequences of their own sin, like reaping what they sow. God allows it. You've heard that term. Well, you made your bed, now sleep in it. Um, God allows us to uh, suffer the consequences of our sin. And interesting enough, God allows, not allows that, but sometimes God will bring the trial. God will bring the trial to us. Um, he'll bring the pain, right? So there's a thing called uh, motivation with your kids, you know, either or in the workplace. You motivate them either by the carrot or the stick, <laughs> right? Carrot reward, praise, rewards, and sometimes that motivates us. 
And sometimes, you know, uh, you know whipping the, the horse to move faster, <laughs> uh, the stick motivates us, the pain motivates us. And so I know as a young man, I was definitely motivated. I never wanted the stick. <laughs> so I was always motivated to be a good kid um, and never wanted the stick. And so people sometimes are motivated by different things. But I think this is what uh, baptism by fire means is uh, sometimes the consequences that God wants to purify us. There are analogies of fire. Um, purification as, as gold and precious metals are purified. And if you've ever seen videos of that, it's an intense heat that um, uh, boils, bubbles, melts down the hard gold and all the impurities bubble to the surface. And then the goldsmiths basically uh, scrape off the impurities from the top as it bubbles up. So sometimes this is what's called baptism by fire. So lastly, I want to highlight that Lastly, I want to highlight this word of baptism. Baptism isn't necessarily an act. It is an, it is an expression of our faith, definitely. But it's not something that we just do, okay? Baptism is called, uh, in its original language, bap baptizo. And it means immersion or to submerge. And study, I, I knew this from before, and many of you have as well. But there's another term that baptizo also means, and it's this word called overwhelm, okay? So that was kind of new to me. I knew baptiz, baptism meant to submerge. That's why as Baptist churches, we believe in full immersion because that's what we believe, the, that's what they did in biblical times this is to fully emerge people baptize them in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But think about it. This word called not only submerge, you know, to submerge yourself in the Holy Spirit doesn't really sound, doesn't really make sense, right? Submerge in water, maybe, kind of makes sense. Is You get this full body, sensory, from head to toe experience, right? But this term called overwhelm, Okay, I think this is what God wants to do with us. As we repent, God not only forgives not just sins, but our whole nature, right? God, it's like cleansing a garment, you know, right? Not just uh, a surface cleaning, but totally submerging and soaking and overwhelming those fibers with the power of the Holy Spirit to, um, to cleanse us, to renew us in every fiber of our being. So that's a term that uh, I took away from this every time I think of baptism now. Um, and it's, I think it's a term that we don't have to think that was just a one-time thing, right? That, oh, I was baptized, let's see, in, you know, 19, blah, 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 blah. You know, it was a point in time in history. 
Um, this whole idea of God giving us power, right? If we only think of baptism when we're an infant, well, how does God's Holy Spirit power relate to that? If I was baptized as a child, how does God's power and cleansing and overwhelming relate to when I was baptized, you know, you know, as a child? God's present spirit, our active uh, experience in worship, I believe weekly, you know, we often think about Jesus, we think about God the Father, you know, the, we celebrate uh, Christmas and Easter and the resurrection. Um, well, Jesus is no longer in the grave, right? Jesus is at the right hand of God and he's giving us his Holy Spirit. So I think in, in a true sense, our weekly, our daily worship is to the Holy Spirit in our lives, asking for God's not only power, right? His love, his fruit of the Spirit, which is what? Love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are things we should be living through every day, but also God's cleansing nature to overwhelm us and permeate our being. So I appreciate your patience. Um, the whole idea of the Holy Spirit can be confusing, um, especially if you've been in church uh, circles for a while. Um, you hear different things from different denominations. Water baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, baptism by fire, and what the different type of baptisms, baptisms there can be. So I hope that helps you um, think about uh, what is baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, that term, since that was the title of the message, I'll just comment. That is specifically in, uh, at Pentecost, wherein uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there was a second baptism when the Holy Spirit came upon uh, the disciples. And some denominations, like I said, believe that, that they're cessationalists, that that was a time that has ended, that those special anointings of the Holy Spirit are gone. But um, many believers believe that it is available for us, and you don't have to belong to a different denomination, but you simply have to ask. <laughs> you have to ask God. You don't ask me. <laughs> you simply have to ask God. Uh, Jesus had said, um, his analogy was, now you who are sinful, you know, everybody else who is imperfect, know how to give good gifts to your children. If your children ask for bread, would you give them a stone? Right? This was his analogy. So you who are sinful know how to give good gifts to your children. But your Father in heaven, how much more so will the Heavenly Father give us his Holy Spirit if we only ask? And so um, before you are going to relate with someone, before there's a task before you, um, it is proper according to this scripture, to ask God for more of his Holy Spirit. 
more of his character to accomplish the task that's before you. So it's not only something that we have, that we have to face life on our own. We can ask for God's extra power, his more wisdom in our lives, the more fruit of his Holy Spirit to be more effective um, with the tasks that God gives us. God, we just thank you for the times that we live in. We often we wish that we could walk with you in the times of Jesus, sit with you as the disciples did. I know I have often wished that. But God, you have, in fact, given us something uh, even better and greater. That is, you have conquered the grave. You have been given dominion over heaven and of earth. For the Apostle Paul says, uh, I am confident that neither life nor death nor things above or below the earth nor things past or present can separate us from your love from us. So Jesus, you have been given dominion over th all things of heaven and of earth. And you have given us your own spirit to be with us every day and to encourage us and to be a help to us, to not only be with us, but to be in us and to especially come upon us when we need to call on you for help. So we thank you, God, for that. And may our experience and worship of you daily and weekly um, be more manifestations of your power, God, to live in your spirit. So these things, all God's people said, amen.